Amen. Our lesson today is going to come out of the book of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. If you've seen it on Facebook, I already posted, but go ahead and turn there in your Bibles as we go. I know you're in your worship pajamas, that's great, uh, but we also need to be in the Word of God. Uh, as you turn there, we are headed to Pentecost. This is probably one of the highlights of the church next to Easter or Christmas. Many people don't really celebrate. I don't think they understand what happened on Pentecost. And more about that on May 31st. But as scholarly, we recognize it as the birth of the church. This is when the power of the Holy Spirit come to us. This is when the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead raised the church to life. As, as God gave the power and that breathed into Adam, the Holy Spirit come and breathed into the church to be a powerful reckoning force in the world that we live. When Peter preaches in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 21, Peter quotes, and it says, that in the last days that my spirit will be upon all men and women. They will have visions, they will have dreams, they will prophesy. That actually comes from a prophet, Joel, 800 years before Pentecost. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32, if you're following that. God gives Joel this prophecy of hope to the world and to the church 800 years before it happens. God's word is true in the past, in the present, and in the future. So let us read, uh, let us read our scripture starting at John chapter 15, or chapter 14, verse 15. John chapter 14, starting at verse 15. <coughs> Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and, you will be, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned, I will come to you. Verse 19. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live. You will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me. And I in you. He who has my, he, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And, and manifest myself to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. And everybody said, even at home, praise be to God. Jesus is telling us now that we're getting the promise of the helper, the comforter, the teacher. The Holy Spirit is coming to us. And the Holy Spirit that comes, there's a difference between the Holy Spirit. It's not a difference, but how God used the Holy Spirit compared to the Old Testament times. Through the New Testament times, there's a difference. Uh, we see in here, in the verses there, uh, the, uh, the, verse 17, the, the spirit of the truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. He dwells with you and will dwell in you. There's the difference right there. In the Old Testament times, God used the Holy Spirit. He, he did the prophets. He come into per, pe different people at different times. 
He come into the times, and when their season of, of service was over for God, the Holy Spirit left them. But the Holy Spirit has always been in the world. The triune God has always been there. And so the, the Holy Spirit dwelt outside of the people. But in the final days, as the prophet Joel says, as Peter tells us in Acts 2, in the final days is that my Spirit will not only be poured out, it will be poured in you. And it will live in you. I will live in you, Jesus says, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. And so the Holy Spirit lives within inside of us. And the Holy Spirit should be inside of us. And when we are baptized, when we are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the symbology of either sprinkling, pouring, or dunking a person into the water represents the power of the Holy Spirit being put into them. And in our tradition, in our belief, the seed is planted. And the seed of the Holy Spirit is planted inside of us. It's our job. As new believers in Christ, as even believers that have been believing for a long time, it's our job to continue to nurture that Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us, if you don't understand a Bible passage, if you'll pray to me, I'll give you the answer. That's the Holy Spirit talking to us. When you're about to do something wrong, and that little back voice in your head is speaking... That's the power of the Holy Spirit. But when you sit there and you see somebody and you just know that you need to go talk to them or you need to go help them or, or, or something comes up, that's the power of the Holy Spirit speaking in you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The seed has been planted in us and we need to nurture it. How do we nurture it? Number one, there is no substitute for not knowing the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God. God has spoken from the times past and the times in the future. I believe He's still speaking today, but He will never contradict His Word that was given to us through the Holy Scriptures. So we need to be in study of our Bibles, not only in, in with a corporate study, but private study. There's a difference between devotional reading, which is important and good, and studying, getting in the Word of God and studying it. We need to study our Bibles. We need to memorize our Word of God. We need to be in there. We need to be able to speak the Word of God to the adversary and to people in the world around us. Number two, uh, prayer. Prayer. I already covered the Bible study and reading. There's a difference between studying and reading, but we need to know those things. Prayer. There's no substitute. You need to spend time in the presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't sometimes know how to pray or, or what to say. It's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us that goes to Jesus who goes to the Father. And so with that in mind, we need to be in prayer. And one of the hardest things that I have, and I bet you you do too, is sometimes in prayer... You need to shut up. There's just a cut to change, which I'm just going to speak it the way it is. Many times we come to prayer. Well, I have a morning devotion time and I have a morning go. Most of us, myself included, I got a laundry list. Okay, God, today, you know, I got these three visits I got to do. Kind of be with me there. I need to do that. And I give my laundry list to God. I'll get back with you tonight, God. We'll see how we did. How does God speak to us many times? In the small, still voice. It's when we clear ourselves of the problems of this world, we meditate on His Word, and we're quiet before the throne. It is a discipline that is hard to learn. In our world, our fast-paced world, we need to learn to sit quietly and meditate on the Word of God. God will speak to you. If you've never heard the voice of God, I promise you He will speak to you. And so for those items there, there's no substitute. 
But that's only part of way to grow the Spirit. The next, Jesus, we see this where Jesus washes the feet. When Jesus is out doing things, he said, you understand what I'm doing? Jesus was a servant to others. He served. If we really want to grow in the Spirit, we need to be involved in our churches. We need to be involved in our communities. And we need to be involved in missions, whether they're local missions, helping people. we got a food bank here. Uh, whether it's helping local people, whether it's helping people in the next town, the next city, when a tornado comes or something, whether it's financially giving to missions, or whether it's getting on the airplane and going to a foreign country to help people. We will grow in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit if we will do more than sit on our tail end and read our Bibles, if we get out and practice what we've read, if we get out and do what we know to do, that God, we're unstoppable people. When God's force goes before us, who can ever stop us? God is for us, not against us. And so when we're doing in God's will, when we're in God's will, who can stop the church? I read a, a book from A.W. Tozer on this very subject. The church was designed to be the body of Christ in the world, the whole world, and nothing can come against us. But yet too much today, we have conformed to the world. We have allowed the world to tell us what to do. The church, and I am not the cook. You can ask Tammy in my house. I struggle with cooking. I love to eat now. That's a different thing. I'm a food connoisseur, just not the cook. Chef Larry is not ever going to happen. And occasionally I have made this mistake. Is I turn something on on the oven, stove. See, I don't even know what the terminology is. It's a pot, and it starts to boil, and I have left the lid on. What happens to a pot of something when it starts to boil and the lid is left on? It starts to bubble. You know, that lid will be going pop, 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 pop. I've never left it on long enough to see the disastrous, uh, disastrous effects afterwards. But, but, so you take the lid off. Let me tell you what, during this time of sheltering at home and whole place that we've been ordered to do, we should be the pot that's boiling. The Holy Spirit should be boiling in us because we have spent our time wisely. We have spent our time in the Word of God. We have spent our time in prayer. We have spent our alone time or time when we can't be out working or be out visiting or be out with family. We have spent it in the power of God. Just think about when the Spirit comes in all of us and all of us holds a gift. The first Sunday we come back, we should be like a pot ready to blow. And the world should see us and our full glory, because we're going to honor and we're going to bring all that honor and glory to God. See, we, we need to be in that. We need to be spending this time in His Word, not, not doing useless things, but doing things that enhances our relationship with Him, that puts us as servants into our community, that makes us essential people. How dare the government tell us, and I don't want to get too far into politics, that we're no longer essential. The church is no longer essential. There are some places that they don't even want the church to meet again. We should be the most essential people in the community. And we do that by coming and knowing and beloving the Word of God. The very first is Bible verse chapter, or verse 15. And he says it again down in 21. If you love me, keep my commandments. What are his commandments? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love others as you love yourself. To love God. 
to thirst that you need to be in his presence. You need, you, if you don't read your Bible that day, you miss it because you, you need, you need the word of God. You need to be in his presence, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. It's when we have that love relationship with God, service to others, loving our neighbors. Not all of our neighbors are our real neighbors, our Christians or our family. Some of our neighbors are our enemies. Some of our neighbors don't like us. Some of our neighbors don't want nothing to do with Christianity or the church. And God commands us to love them. And by loving them, maybe some will come to know the love of Christ. God gives us the Holy Spirit to teach us, to comfort us, to lead us into service to others. There is a difference between being Holy, uh, a Holy Spirit filled and not. And the best place, it's in a couple places in the Bible, the one I like best is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. And, and as I'm kind of ending up the sermon right here, chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are, are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentious, jealousy, outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions, uh, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, all the like. You know, you can tell somebody that doesn't have the Holy Spirit filled in them. If they're the person to come in the church, they're always bringing a division or something else. Though those who are not filled with the Holy Spirit... One of these, if James tells us, if you're guilty of one sin, you're guilty of them all. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, which starts off, uh, verse 22, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, what remains, what is most important is love. Do you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind? Do you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You've got to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior first, as Tammy demonstrated with the fan, to be connected to the Holy Spirit. See, to keep His commandments... We need to know Christ as our Savior. We need to love God. We need to thirst after God. And then God will send us the teacher, the comforter, the helper. And we will be an unstoppable force in the world today. So let me ask this question. Do you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? As we play the last song, I'm going to pray right now. Then we'll pray at the end. Or have you been lacking? You don't have that spirit. You, you find yourself more in, in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Uh, you've some of those things instead of the fruit of the spirit. Here's the greatest thing about God. The door of grace is open. The door of grace is free. The door of grace will allow you to repent today and be restored fully with God. How awesome is that? So let us pray as we get ready to sing our last song. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, we come, we just come upon you. Because you have first come upon us. You want nothing more and desire nothing more than having a deep, honest relationship with us. Not one where we pray here and there or we just quote a few scriptures here and there. You want us to be in deep relationship with you. 
Lord, if anybody that sees these videos, whether today or in the future, don't know you, let, let us just go real quick. God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. And I accept you into my life. Lord, for us, and I find myself in this position many times, where I'm on the outside, and I need to repent. God, forgive me for the sins I have committed. And forgive me and put me back in right relationship with your family. And Lord, we know you are good. You love us so much that instantly we are brought into right relationship with you. Amen. we say the benediction, the blessing upon you as you go through your week. Even though we're not together, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord watch over you. May his face shine upon you in your household. Until we can come together again in fullness of the church. We just ask the Lord's Holy Spirit seal you and your family. And let him just continue to pour his blessings upon you. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.